Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms and producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Welcome to How to Survive with Danielle and Christine, the show that teaches you how to survive the things that can kill you. Like El Nino. Mm. Or far-right fascists. Yuck. How about drowning? Uh, ooh. And the things that just make you wish you were dead. Like nuts in your face. Mm-hmm. Jerky boyfriends. Mm-hmm. Or manual labor. Yuck. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? Let's play the theme, theme song. Theme song, yeah. Mm-hmm. Ground is shaking under our feet. Mountains on fire, flooding in the street. Can't breathe the air, can't fight the feeling. Goblin down, Xanax ain't the way to be dealing. Gotta do better than just getting high. We gotta stick together if we're gonna Welcome to How to Survive. I'm Danielle. Hey, Danielle. Hey, Christine. We just introduced ourselves. I know. So we know but who I'm we are. But I'm trying to make sure everyone knows which voices belongs to whom. Do you think there are people besides your dad that don't yeah. that have a hard time telling our voices apart? I, I have no idea. It's possible. Well, uh, a little neighborhood news. Um, the Girl Scouts. Ding, ding, ding. Yeah. That's the, the sound. That's the neighborhood news sound? That's the, That's the it, sound of the 7-Eleven door opening. Or it's like the trolley from, you know... Mr. Rogers' Neighborhood. Sure. Yeah, exactly. So the Girl Scouts in our neighborhood mm-hmm. got together yeah. and got some cages. I was not expecting the word cages to come out. I know. It's a new thing where they're putting each other in cages <laughs> and seeing if they really are prepared. Okay. And all they get to eat are the worst kind, whatever you think the worst kind of uh, Girl Scout cookie is. I think it's that just plain one. I can't think of the name Do-si-do of it. do or something? No. the Yeah. Like, it's just like a... What are those? Trefoil. Ugh. Yeah. Even the yeah. name. Yeah. Yeah. I think you're right. Trefoil. I don't like, what are those cookies called? The short shortbread. I don't like shortbread. Anyway, who cares? Um, They got together to do the catch, neuter, and release <gasps> of the cats. Oh. So they borrowed, I think, eight cages from this place. They yeah. captured five last night. Oh, my God. Were any five, of them Benjamin? Yeah. No. Well, I didn't want them to catch Benjamin because I'm assuming Benjamin still has babies to feed. Got I it. don't know if that's true. Yeah. But I didn't want to risk those babies dying. I were I was hoping you were going to say I didn't want them to catch Benjamin because he's my cat. <laughs> 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 that's all like all I want in my heart in my heart of hearts. Yes. Is for, for you, you to, admit that to become a cat person. Yeah, I know. And I want pictures of you on Instagram <laughs> with the cat, like, <laughs> like just on, my shoulder, on your lap, just being, driving. With yeah, me. yeah. Just yeah. you, like you 
watching Succession with your cat <laughs> like I do, where my cat is like laying on me and we're watching it together. Like that's all I want yes. for you, Danielle. Well, they caught Alex. Okay. AKA Big Daddy. Yes. Because oh. the other neighbors named Big Daddy. The and Sperminator. I, yes. Who is constantly in fights. Oh. And his face is always torn up. And Aww, they're sweet. The pie. thinking is that once you get neutered, the the aggression might go down. So they caught him. Good. And they caught who we call Grey Goose, mm-hmm. who is our sweetie petite pie. Mm-hmm. And uh, I don't know if Grey Goose is a boy or girl, but um, they caught her. They wow. caught her. Not in our yard. No one, yeah. no one, no one was caught in our yard. But um, they tried. But no one. They had already gotten. So they got five cats. So they're all going to be fixed and and released. Oh, so they they're since they're feral, they won't be put up for adoption. Oh no no no! This is the the, the catch, catch and release, release program. That's yeah. wonderful. Yeah, because they're taken care of by us. So by the neighbors. I didn't know the Girl Scouts did this. And you know what? Well, I think they, I love that. I think they chose it as their. Um, whatever service thing girls are cool yeah so um yeah so thank god because i wouldn't have known what to do you know so and and they you know they called a place that we called kitty bungalow that Mm -hmm. you know either never got back to us or they didn't have so they arranged it and got all the cages and so they should be back tonight Thank you, Kitty Bungalow and yes, Girl Scouts. I know. Shout out. And if you guys want to send us Girl Scout cookies, don't stop yourself. Yeah. <laughs> I thought maybe that would work. Seems... I think the season might be over. Yeah, I think it is. Can you get them all year round online now? I wonder. I kind of hope not. I don't think you can. I don't want to know. No, because it no. takes away the specialness. Plus, yeah. I'd maybe be wanting to order them, and I don't That's need why to. I don't want to. Yeah, know. I don't need to do that to myself. Yeah. To my pant size. <laughs> <laughs> Your pants have suffered enough, let's face it. Oh, I've been torturing them, just shoving myself into them. Yeah. <laughs> squeeze, squeeze, button. <laughs> the other day, I was putting on a pair of pants that I got, you know, through this um, monthly program that yeah, yeah, I'm trying yeah. to get to sponsor She's us. She's a program where she's, yeah. <laughs> where I get clothes and then I send them back and then they send me other clothes. Have you kept anything yet? I haven't. Oh, okay. I haven't. So it's a kind of it's kind of working out. Okay. But um, I'd gotten a pair. They were too tight, but I really liked them. So uh-huh. I was like, well, next time I'm just gonna order the size up, and they're still tight. Like oh. they, I think they just they run really small. Of this brand. Of you this mean? brand. You know okay. how pants are, where it's like you don't yes. know what size you ever are if you're a woman, because in one size you're this size, and another size yes. you're like, oh, how am I a two in this size, and I'm a twelve in right. this? It can like drastically shift. Right. Uh, Banana Republic, I'm a whole size down because their pants are, they're just, they're what I call vanity sizing. Yeah, like, I'll be, I'll go, sh- I'll shift multiple sizes. Okay. So Alex came in there and she goes, mom, don't you think those pants are a little too tight? And I go, I think they're fine. <laughs> pop, pop, button And she's flies, like, well, it just looks like you're really struggling oh, to get no. that top button buttoned. <laughs> in what world do you think those pants fit? Yeah. These are my kids. Oh, I finally watched Rebecca last night. The original. Yes, <gasps> finally. What do you think? Yeah, it's great. I think uh, I got to go back to the book because I think I there's certain things that are different. It is different. That I need. But the- a lot of it was so dissimilar that I was like, why are people saying it's so different? But I think it's I think it's the main thing that's a little different. The ending is different. The and ending's different. <laughs> there's yeah. some lines in the movie that are ridiculous where he's like, never, ever be, thir- please never oh. be 33 or something like she that. She says, I want to be thir- 36. Don't ever be 36. Yeah. There's a lot of like stay young and dumb yes. lines, yes. which you kind of understand as the movie unfolds, but it's it's very creepy. Yeah. And also 
it's so melodramatic. Like yeah. Joan Fontaine, her acting is so over the top. I mean, I know <laughs> she was probably directed that way. Yeah. But it's just like every moment she's like terrified and scared. And yeah. like, I understand <gasps> why, but it's just, yeah, yeah. it's it's not the most subtle of performances. It's a fun movie, though. Yeah. But it, it is. I don't think it can compare to the, mo- the book, which is, I think. Yeah, it, that's true. I think the book is really underrated as a literary Such classic. A, yeah, it's, yeah. It's so, so good. Agreed. If, everyone, please read. Rebecca. Rebecca. It's and I have I got I know we're gonna start. I think I already recommended this, and I'm gonna recommend it to both of you. I have some questions for you. Is that's a book? It's a book. Um Oh, I already wrote it down. You gotta read it. It's such a page turner and it's okay. I it's you're gonna love it. All right. It's gonna be one of your favorite books. I have some questions for you. I have some questions for you. Um guys. Okay. Yes. Uh, you're going to have some questions for me. Yes. Because we are going to start the show. Let's do it. And it, it's a fun one. Good. We haven't done it. I can't believe we oh. haven't done it since we've been podcasting for so long now. Yeah. I'm going to talk about how to survive drowning. Ooh. We don't want to drown. No. Mm-mm. I mean, it's one of the ones that I worry about. I have a fear. Yeah. Uh, I'm kind of afraid of the ocean. Yeah. It's, and it's scary. When my kids, when we go to the beach... I, I'm not a big go in the ocean person. Yeah. I, I'm a more of a waiter. You know? I'm more of a lay down and read my book. Okay. In the sun person. I, you know, when you have little ones, you kind of have to I go. Know. You can't not. Yeah. And and now that they're older, and I find the Pacific to be so cold mm. that I don't even like to stick my feet in. But it's my kids, awful. especially Benjamin, they like to go out in it. Yeah. And I am a nervous wreck. I'm sure this is not going to surprise you, but my son... Not a fan of the beach. Well, I like that about him. Really? Well, because it's I. It's listen, a bummer. I guess it's a bummer, but it's also terrifying when they Keeps love it. Safe, yeah. Because it's I find the ocean to be unpredictable. I don't find it. It's a fact. Yeah, it's dangerous, unpredictable, yeah. and uh, it can pull you out at any moment. Taciturn is that Creatures. the right word? I love that word. Is taciturn the right word? Let's look up taciturn, taciturn, and we'll do it. And what do we learn? Yeah, I like it. Well. Please. I've got some information from a couple of experts, Lisa Sisley and Rita Krenz. What a couple of names. I know, right? I love it. It's two women. They've seen it all. I'm going to tell you about who they are. Sisley is a firefighter paramedic with the Wintergreen Fire Department. These are this is these are two women from Virginia. Okay. Because I got this uh, really fun uh, list of information from, uh, I think it's like the University of Virginia's website. Okay. And... She's also a lifelong member of the Lake Monticello Fire and Water Rescue Squad. Krenz serves the UVA emergency room as a paramedic. She also served 25 years on the Scottsville Volunteer Rescue Squad, which included water rescue. They've seen white water rescues, pool drownings, boaters lost on rivers, friends jumping off dams, and kids getting caught in hydraulics. Oh, what? I know, very specific. So they're going to go through the top 10 mistakes people make. Okay. And in all these mistakes, we're going to get some fun stories and some good information. Mistake number one that people make when it comes to water safety. Do you guys want to try to take a guess what that would be? Or do you want me to just tell you? Just tell us. Enter the water. (laughs) I mean, well, this is when I say you're going to close up your nose, ears and mouth. (laughs) Put masking tape over your mouth. Those are good ones. Those are yeah. good. Those are really fun guesses. Put rocks in your pockets. Oh, what about that? <laughs> Virginia Wolf. Virginia Wolf made the it. biggest water mistake you could make. Do uh, not swim with your bag full of rocks. Yeah, in this I mean, case, this is one time you don't need it. This is the one time, yeah, you don't want that backpack full of rocks. This is not going to surprise you guys when I say it. Drinking alcohol. Oh, uh, of course. This is the number one cause of most 
rescue oh, scenarios. Wow. Okay. So Cicely says, God, it's I'm really gonna resist doing a Virginia accent. I'm just gonna You don't have to no, if no. you want to. Don't resist. You're ten feet tall and bulletproof when you're drunk. You jump off things you normally wouldn't jump off of. You dive into things you normally wouldn't dive into. I'm not going to do it the whole time. I just okay. wanted to do it that one time. It worked with that that sentence. Right? Ten feet tall. and Ten feet tall and bulletproof. That's yeah. got to be a country song, right? Oh, it has to be. Right? Yes. Ten yes. feet tall and bulletproof. That's how they describe their hats. Yeah. <laughs> it's like Alan Jackson or... That uh, Toby Keith, you know those guys that are now like at some school board meeting trying to get um, (laughs) them not to say, you know, gay anymore. Okay, drinking alcohol, which I'm going to do tonight and every night for the rest of my life. (laughs) Okay, okay. So obviously, don't. This is what happens, right? Your risk of drowning intensifies because your reaction time slows. And Mm. if you're drunk and your friends are also drunk, it might take them a while to notice if you haven't come up for air. You know, they're all just doing shots on the boat and they don't notice that you fell in. Um, It's easier to get lost. Okay, they've they've found people miles upstream, completely delirious under the influence of alcohol. with No, no diarrhea with no idea (laughs) where they are. Yeah, they're they're dehydrated. Dehydration happens. Right. Uh You combine this heat of the summer and then you're drinking alcohol. And, uh, you know, that's a recipe for. Yeah, you always see these videos of like people on the lake. In like in boats, yeah. And the lake house. Remember, there was something last year. Where, not a lake house, like a boat. You know, like a. Mm-hmm. You know what like I'm talking a houseboat? about? Like a houseboat. Yes, yes, yes. A white person on a boat. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. And then they're all screaming at each other, and it got to a, like a physical fight. Yes. Yeah. This sounds really with fun. like a lot of beer cozies, koozies. Oh whatever yeah. This is gonna happen this summer to so many people. People misjudge the heat. Mm. You're upping your risk for hypothermia and sun poisoning. Okay, hypothermia, because you sweat or something? So you underestimate the heat when you feel cool due to the water and you're drinking cold beer or Gatorade, Cicely says. But you don't realize you're in the sun on reflecting water in a tube for six hours. So she's talking about somebody tubing like down a river. Uh You're sweating more than you're taking in and your body's not able to get rid of the heat as fast as you're accumulating it. So I think maybe that when I'm not sure about the hypothermia, maybe because you sweat so much, That's what I was and thinking. then when it cools down, you know how you always feel clammy, when, yeah, when your sweat is cooled and dried. Maybe it's something about that. It might be something like that. I don't have the um, capability of explaining it. As long as you're not drinking Bud Light. Ugh. <laughs> That's. I mean, I'd. I think I'd rather drink my own urine. Mistake number two: forgetting water facts during a flood. Okay, Cicely recalls seeing news coverage of a flood in Oklahoma on TV. She watched in horror as two firefighters in swift-moving flood water tried to rescue a guy clinging to a tree. Neither had any protective clothing on. Neither one of them had a flotation device. They're in a good foot of flood water. You can't see through it. It's brown. Their engine is in the water. And it's a disaster waiting to happen. She notes that it only takes six six inches of water to float a car. Remember we talked about that? Yes. It feels like years ago now, but when we did an episode on flooding. People also forget about bacteria in floodwaters. It's easy for people to let their kids wade up to their knees, but don't you don't know what's in it as far as bacteria, whether the uh-huh. sewer systems have overflowed or not, or what's happening underneath. Oof. She recalls that after a hurricane in South Carolina, rescuers found an eight-year-old child in a culvert pipe. It looks like the water is smooth on the surface, but if you stand in front of that culvert... 
and all that water shooting into that pipe, it's enough to pull you off your feet and then you get stuck and there's no way you can get out. She shakes her head. I don't think people think about it. Looks calm on the top, so you assume that it's safe. Yeah. I did it again. I'm sorry. Oh, you don't have to apologize. Okay. What I don't understand is Virginia's right next to Washington, D.C., right? Yeah, it's probably not like West Virginia. But I always think of it as super Southern, but it's not super Southern. It's not really. But is the accent? I think it depends on, it probably depends on what part of Virginia you're in. West Virginia is, whew. That's thick. It's thick. Yeah, I've been through there. That's, uh, yeah, that's another world. Mistake number three. I like it, though. It's be- it's it's beautiful. I bet. Mistake number three. A slight slip in supervision. This is all the stuff that scares me. Krenz informs me that her rescue crew responds to at least one drowning or near drowning a season. The reason these drownings happen? I think the vast majority of children in this country are well supervised. It just happens really fast. Yeah. The children we see were in supervised situations and there's been a momentary lapse. The typical situation she comes across is that mom and dad are inside and they're milling around. They think everybody else is watching. A kid jumps in who can't swim. And in two to three minutes, he's unconscious under oh. the water. It's barely enough time to get a burger off the grill. You know, I think those parents went inside to have sex. You do? Yeah, I think they were just like, let's go have a quickie. Because milling around? Milling around yeah. means their genitals mm-hmm. were milling around. <laughs> found <laughs> each genitals. other. They met up. Uh, hey, do you want to go geni- mill our genitals around? Yeah. Mm, that sounds so gross. Okay. That's what I'm going to say to Sven later. Let's, hey, let's, wanna, let's let our mill. genitals yeah. mill around? Yeah. <laughs> Doesn't that sound so sexy? The same thing can happen at a public pool with a lifeguard. It only takes a couple of minutes. So if the lifeguard's down at one end dealing with something and it's a couple of minutes until he's back scanning again, or she, and a junior over here is struggling, there's not enough time to fish him out. Okay. Drowning is easy to miss. Okay. The challenge is that it, it... Parents are lifeguards. In, oh, you've got parents and lifeguards in pools with lots of kids. We all think if someone's drowning, it's going to be a loud, dramatic event. Uh-huh. But it's not. When a child starts to drown, they sink quietly. Oh, oh, that's that's disturbing. Yeah. They can scan the surface crowded with lots of heads and you may not see there's a body under the water right. at all. Mistake number four, false faith in floaties. Oh, Oh, yeah. This is really important information for parents with little ones, guys. So not us anymore. But, yeah, you know, we got some kids. We got some ones with little ones out there. Krenz's biggest pet peeve is floaties, also known as water wings. They give parents and kids a false sense of security. Huh. Picture a five-year-old child unconscious with floaties, she says, passionately. Their arms go up because of the floaties and are most are the most elevated part of the body, not the child's head. You need to put a floaty on the head. got to put a floaty on, on the, the neck. Head. Yeah, neck floaties. Neck floaty. Yeah. I might just do that to cover up what's going on on my neck. Oh, my God, my neck lately. Neck floaty. I, I, uh, act, I've seen a couple selfies of me because I took them. Uh. And I was, <laughs> I was like, oh, what the fuck's going on with your neck? Uh, I don't know. I, I told you I was watching Golden Girls, Room Clanahan. You could, you could skate off that thing. It's so smooth. I don't yeah. get it. She probably always knew how to... She hold probably had to hold her head, yeah. yeah. Also, she was a little bit plump. Which and helps you know what? A little bit. I think cell phones are doing it to us. Cell phones. Too are... much of this bullshit. Oh, making us wrinkled because our necks down. Okay, yeah. we got to just stop doing that with our necks. Okay, and you know, just I can't, I cannot put a turtleneck on. That's I'm not going to do that. So it's going to be scarves for me. Okay, 
Her advice to parents, if you're going to be near water in a situation where your kid can't swim, put them in a personal flotation device, PFD. Like where you sit in it. Or, yeah, yeah, or it's built into their swimwear. Oh. Have a stubborn kid resisting the PFD. Parents can choose life jackets integrated into a child's swimsuit. I had those. Those are great. But wouldn't the same problem be that their head can go down? Well, I think it's more, it's, it's. It's their chest, too. Oh, I see. The re- If it's just on your arms, your whole body can go down. So it will hold them it. up and sort of flip them back like this. Gotcha, gotcha. Yeah, I've seen those things. Have a stubborn kid. Oh, okay, I already said that. Your goal is to keep the head above water. Anything that does it, anything that does that is better than wings. Okay, mistake number five. Floating without flotation devices. Krenz and Sisley have noted have several anecdotes of people who have taken small canoes or boats on little ponds like Shirando Lake or Mint Springs. Doesn't Virginia sound nice? It sounds like a fantasy world. Sounds I love magical. It. We should all go to sounds Virginia. Sounds like there's unicorns with floaty devices on their yeah. horns just riding up to the edge of the lake. Wow, she really went there. I really did. <laughs> I don't know where that came from. Well, we should all go. And uh, I want to go tubing and I, I want to go with these two women because they sound fun. Um, yeah, they're going to keep us they'll safe. They'll be responsible. We can drink. Oh, we just drink Yay. so much. Not Bud Light, <laughs> but it's just, oh, I want one of those, like, have you had those German uh, beers that are have the lemonade in them and they're flavored? No. Oh. I'm going to get you some. It's okay. so good. I'm mm. not a huge beer drinker, You'll but like that sounds this beer. interesting. Okay. I'm going to get some. And I'm gonna, ooh, you know what? I should bring it for our night. Yes, bring it. So yummy. I'll, I'll stop at the German market. Okay. These seemingly calm waters hide dangerously murky depths. Ignorant boaters will tip over, sink, and drown. And Krenz explains that you can have the best lifeguards in the world, but once your head's underwater in that kind of water, no one can see you. Oh, for God's sake. Those incidents lead to recovery, not rescue operations, searches that take hours as divers blindly feel around at the bottom for the body. You know, I think this those like people the, are heroes. It's like that that story of the that I watched the documentary of the guy who was just on trial with the kids murdoch murdoch yeah oh, murdoch and, and, murdoch and they had to dig around yeah yeah i just think i don't think i just think i don't think okay <laughs> that's true uh i couldn't be one of those people who goes and looks for the bodies yeah no you mean because you'd be scared to bump into a dead body or because uh, well i don't I, first of all your I, ha- you don't like your getting your hair wet i don't like yeah i don't like to be in cold water I'm not allowed to scuba dive, but also even if I could do all of that, yeah. being in a dark lake under and no, then having to just bump around and oh think maybe God. I'm going to find the yeah. decaying corpse, Ugh. this is all a no for me. How is your other um, career, though, going of, weren't you going to be like a genetic... Geneticist? Geneticist, yeah. <laughs> um, it's a little stalled right now. Oh, okay. I'm sorry. I had... Uh, side job for a while that I just finished so I just had a dream last night that I was going to UCLA law school <laughs> I just remember I'm that. not laughing because no I, it's ridiculous you're smart enough and I could see no. you as a really and I was good like and lawyer. I even in the dream I was like I don't really want to be a lawyer <laughs> I was like I think oh I remember I said to someone I think I should be a journalist but there's really no journalism anymore no not really I never wanted to be a journalist I don't know no. these were the options left for my career in my dream all good mistake number six Flotation vests that don't fit, dummies. Oh, make it like fit. your jeans that you yes. think you can get on. Yeah, don't. You're not fooling anybody with ooh, that flotation ooh, device ooh. that doesn't fit. Yeah, come on. You're not a size four. When a life jacket is too loose, it doesn't work. Mm. You see a person submerged, and the jacket comes up. 
Sisley explains, in those full body ones, people ride a jet ski and if you pass out, you're face down. Sure, you'll float, but it's not going to hold your airway open for you. This is why child life jackets have straps that go between their legs. This mechanism holds the PFD down and you want one that will actually flip them over. Some kayaking PFDs, for instance, have material that will turn you face up if you pass out. How does it know? I don't know. That's a good question. Okay. These may be more expensive models of flotation devices, Lisa and Reed acknowledge, but they're worth it, Sisley says. You get what you pay for with flotation devices, okay. just like you do everything else. So I'm going to encourage everyone. You don't want to use a, a plane wrap. No, get the expensive one. If you're if you're going on a whitewater rafting yes. trip, if you're going kayaking, if you're going out in the water, even if you're like, I'm a good swimmer. Yeah. Up for the good one. Yeah. You, you, because you don't know what could happen that can make you pass out. It could be sunstroke. Right. You could just have a boating accident. Maybe you didn't eat breakfast that morning like a, that morning like a dum-dum. Anything could happen that can make you lose consciousness in the water that is of no fault of yours. Okay. Doesn't mean you're not an amazing swimmer. You could have been an Olympic swimmer. But if you get knocked out, Oof. you want something that's going to flip yeah. you over and have your breathing right. tube up. So they're saying the ones that go between the legs are good or aren't good? I... I got a little confused. I'm confused, too, because it says this is why child life jackets have straps that go between their legs. This mechanism holds the PFD down. Yeah, so it doesn't. Oh, so it doesn't go. Oh, it doesn't fall off. Oh, so it doesn't fall off. Okay. Thank you. Okay. Got Got it. it. Thank you for interpreting. Like a onesie flotation device. Exactly. Mistake number seven. This is a pretty uh, important one. Not knowing how to swim. Oof. Simplest and most straightforward safety measure to take. Teach your kids how to swim. You know, you can start when they're real little. Yeah, I see those babies and I'm like, God damn it, I wish I had done that. Yeah. Like, what? start when they're itty bitty. Yeah, yeah. Because then you see these babies who love water and they know yeah. what they're doing. It's weird how, like, you'll see, like, an eight-month-old or something and they're like, know how to swim. It's, it's so bizarre. It's very cute. It's cute, yeah. I know. I should have just given birth in the water. Ugh. Just let them start then. But that just seems like... A recipe for drowning, too. I don't get yeah, that. I think I would have drowned. Yeah. All right. Mistake number eight. Jumping and diving. Oh. Got to be careful with this stuff. All right. Yeah, that scares me when I see people jump from huge cliffs. Oh, I mean, that's really, really dangerous. And too shallow water is also really dangerous. You can't tell how deep it is. And if you hit the ground or some other obstacle in the water, you can cause some very serious spinal injuries. Yeah. Hitting the water, if you misjudge your flip and land flat on your back or your belly from a height that's a significant cervical or brain injury for sure at 50 feet that's like landing on concrete oh my god at 100 feet it's a fatality every time oh my god don't do it just don't do it it's not worth it even in the pool if you hold on i lost my spot oh come on dummy okay i'm gonna start over Even in a pool, hitting the water can have consequences. Landing flat on your back on the surface of the water can knock the wind out of you. Stunned and swallowing water, a child in this situation can end up unable to stop coughing, spiking a fever, and getting a wicked aspiration pneumonia from breathing in water. Okay, now it sounds like they have left Virginia and have gone to Massachusetts. They're in Boston now. Yeah. Hitting the side of the pool. Even in swimming pools, there's risks. People can injure their cervical spine quite badly when miscalculating a dive. Uh, Benjamin did that in Hawaii. What did he, he do? He jumped off the side and tried to do a flip and hit the back of his head on the side of the, you know, the pool coming down. Uh-huh. And I was like, well, our trip's over. That's a concussion. 
Did he, he have a concussion? No, he was fine, but I was like, don't ever that kid do sh- that again. He should, oh my God. I know, it makes me he crazy. He doesn't have a skateboard, does he? Yes, they both do. Oh God, all right. Um, mistake number nine, a lack of swift water savvy. Oh. Okay, we're going to talk about swift water. Which I'm I- sure I lack swift water savvy, whatever it is. I. Th- there's only one Swifty here, and it's Garen. <laughs> swift water. A lot of controversy. Going on? Is there with her with her boyfriend? Ooh, what's what? T- He's tell. a piece of shit. Is he? Yeah, that she does not need another. He's piece a of racist. Shit. No, really, piece of shit. Yeah, it's Maddie Healy from the nineteen seventy five. I don't know him. I didn't know him either until I read the article yesterday. Well, I'm gonna. But read she's it. known him for ten years, so it's this should none of it should be a surprise. So now people are there's a little backlash going on. Just thought I would let you know. Okay, well I'm gonna read it. I'm gonna not judge until I also, read it. Also, when you see him. You're not going to immediately understand why this is the person she's... Is he a scumbag? Does he look like a scumbag? He doesn't look so handsome that you would give anything, Okay, like, you know, that you'd let it pass. She just got out of a six-year relationship. So she now just she's jumped with right into piece. some... Yeah, this is a rebound. Is this your defense? No, I don't, ha- I, 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 I don't have a defense. I don't understand people's... Ups- it's... It's weird that people are so. Obs- I get he's an asshole. Well, because she's known him for ten years. Yeah, that's it's just, why. It's so just it's not the like fandom's reaction to this kind of stuff is. Uh, it, it's weird to me. Like there's there's a petition. Like, what do you <laughs> change? Stop that dating word. Maddie Healy. I'm like, great. I get it. The guy's a shithead. He's a piece of shit. He said stupid stuff. Just it's not your business, really. Well, none of it's our business. I the want them to worry about the school time. board. Yeah, yeah, no kidding. Right, not right? Matt Healy. Okay. Also, he is kind of hot though. All right. Well, you're going to have to bring up a picture, Garen. I think I'm confusing him with Miley Cyrus's boyfriend, who I just found out yesterday she has a boyfriend. And he looks like a barrel of fucking laughs. For real? or No, he oh. looks like he's just... He looks like a dirtbag? Have you guys he seen... He doesn't look like a dirtbag. He just looks unfun. Oh, okay. What about Billie Eilish's boyfriend? Have you guys seen no. him? <laughs> he looks like someone... I I mean like Is he way older than her? He, for for sure he is. He's oh. like 33. That's Matt Healy. Oh, he looks cute to me. Wait, let me see him again. Oh yeah, he's not. I don't think he's cute. I think that's a good picture. Okay. Well, that, that in that picture I'm like, yeah, he looks like somebody who would be on like Gossip Girl. Okay. Swiftwater. Rocks on the river's edge bottom pose the biggest threat. If you try to stand, your feet can become wedged in them and your body flips forward. The scary oh. thing is that this situation has happened to people with safety gear, experience, and with others watching. You need like a, a one of those walkers underneath Ugh. the water with I mean, tennis balls on. I'm going to need one of those soon anyway. Cicely remembers one especially tragic example. Guys, get ready. Okay. There was a kid, very experienced, wearing all the safety gear he could in white water. He rolled over, came out of his kayak put his feet down, and his foot got wedged between two rocks. He was trying to pull up, to sit up, to keep his head above water. Nobody knew what to do. After two minutes of doing a sit-up against 600 pounds of water, he couldn't do it anymore. He drowned in (gasps) front of a restaurant full of people. Oh, I wasn't expecting that. Guys, sorry. Isn't that terrible? That's terrible. It's horrifying. So wait, people saw him. Yeah, but... They couldn't go. It was it was like white water right, barreling. Right. Like it's that thing where you're not supposed to. You can't get into it. Yeah. yeah. Oh, okay. And they also might have been up on a cliff. Like it's not that they maybe couldn't even get to him potentially. Right. right. Cicely has a personal story too. A friend of mine 
drowned two years ago, one of the best whitewater kayakers I've known, the force of the water, even if it doesn't look that strong against your body, you don't stand a chance. I think the lesson is maybe don't go whitewater kayaking. And that's something I wanted to do. Not in major. You want to go kayaking, though, but in whitewaters? I guess not. No. You know what? Let's go do the L.A. River. Can you really do the L.A. River? Oh, it's funny. No, it's amazing. What? It's so fun. There's there's places in the L.A. River where there's water. It's full of water. Oh, okay, because it's yeah. not here. Yeah, it's All wonderful. Right. It's wonderful. All right. It's really well, you fun. you keep saying this. I'm waiting for an invitation, okay. well, a formal engraved invitation. We have to book it. Okay. All right, let's look for some dates. All right. And I will show you the way. And there's, I just don't want to ocean kayak because I get too no, scared in that the deep terrifying. ocean. But yeah. there's lots of other places we can kayak. Okay. So if trying to stand up in fast water could get you caught in rocks, what should one do to avoid getting swept away? Krenz and Sisley describe the proper way to self-rescue. This is really important, so let's listen. Okay. I know you guys haven't been listening, guys. Yeah. I know you're just know. In cooking your dinner right now, guys. Crushing so your tomatoes. You're, you're doing your tomato against the grater, so take, take, take note. Aim your body toward the shore, feet first. Angle your body so the water will push you to one side or the other. Cross your feet... Okay. Put your arms on your chest. So you're like a vampire, uh-huh. right? In your coffin. Yeah. I'm going to call it vampire. Go into vampire pose. Right. But your feet are crossed. So yeah. You're crossing your feet. Cross your arms. Vampire pose. This isn't intuitive, Krenz recognizes. It's hard to do in a panic-ridden situation. You don't practice this as a normal human being. People are going to try to swim or try to stand up. Oh, right? Like, that's what okay. you would do. Yeah, 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 yeah. So... Remember vampire pose. Okay. Mistake number 10, not knowing how to rescue others. Mm. Often people try to rescue drowning people or pets and get themselves into trouble. The problem, in the water, a panicking adult will try to stand on your head. Oh. Right? Like they're going to try to climb on you. Wait, what? I think, you know, like if you're trying to save someone else who's drowning, they're going to be kind of climbing on top of you, which is going to... Oh, bring you down. It's the brain's reflex to get to the surface, she explains. They will try to climb up you to get high or get on your kayak and tip you over. The right thing to do, reach or throw, don't go. Oh, oh, I, I like a, that. I love a little rhyme. So you need a you need to throw like a rope or whatever you have, a paddle, hold on to an end of a paddle. Throw a buoy or skimmer to pull someone in. Throw a rope or bag. The last thing you want to do as a rescuer is get in the water. Wow. Okay, you're right. I would not have known that. Glad I listened. Which is exactly how I felt after this conversation. Like the last thing I wanted to do was get in the water ever. Yeah. That's what this writer said. But, uh-huh. and, and me too. This writer says, but a few days later, who I'll credit in the, in the newsletter, obviously, because I don't have their name right off of my tip of my tongue. Um, describing some of the things I'd learned about surviving swift water and floods to friends, I have to admit, I felt not fear, but a sense of confidence. So that's... Some information wow. on how we're going to stay safe. Good. Okay. Love it. Would you guys like to hear a story? Yes. Okay. This is from a man named Jim Weileman. Okay. The name of the story. I nearly drowned. Mm. I think I see where this is going. <laughs> you, you, I, I might have uh, given it away. <laughs> you tipped it. I would happily never have set foot in the Atlantic that weekend. This is in first person. I'd heard about the riptides just off the North Cornwall coast and was used to swimming in the calmer waters near my home in East Sussex. And I'm sorry I'm not doing this in a British accent, guys, but I didn't have time to practice last night because I was looking for an escaped cat. 
My brother-in-law was a keen surfer, though, and determined to convert me. The first morning of our visit, I was zipped into a wetsuit and marched to the water's edge. Like most first-time surfers, I quickly decided I was a natural, (laughs) riding three large waves on my hands and knees. The current was far stronger than I was used to, and I had moments of sudden panic. Perhaps I should have taken them as a warning, but exhilaration went out, and when we visited a small cove farther up the coast the next day, I was keen to get back in the water. Those Brits love to say keen. keen. I, I like that word. We should adopt it. They like big eye paintings, too. And also, <laughs> and also comfortable shoes. Oh, my God. I love it. I like those things, too. Yeah. As the light began to fade, I felt compelled to have a last dip before we headed home. The waves had become choppier as afternoon eased into evening, but still appeared harmless enough from the shore. I plunged in and struck out, confident at first, realizing my mistake only when I was out of my depth. The surf dragged. They're surfing at night? You know, at dusk. You know, when the sharks really? are just, I know. As hung- I, I thought- just hungry and ready to okay. chomp, chomp, chomp at you. Ha- the surf dragged at my legs, hauling me down, and rocks hidden below the surface grazed my knees and elbows as I tried to fight my way back to the beach. A great gray wave sucked me towards it and then oh. broke across me like a sack of gravel, oh. bouncing me along the seabed. Despite, oh, desperate for air, I was churned around until I no longer knew up from down. Then the current relaxed its grip and up I went, just in time for the next big wave to break over my head and push me back under. Each time I surfaced, the process repeated itself, until I was battered and winded and still out of my depth. I swallowed water, tried not to breathe it in, waved frantically at the party on the beach. They were packing bags and chatting, paying me little attention. Once or twice, someone waved back. Oh, oh this, is, this is so my fear. From their perspective, it probably looked as if I was larking around, (laughs) diving into the waves, waving but certainly not drowning. I'll never read that poem again, I thought. Oh. He really likes poems, guys. Wow. He's keen on them. (laughs) (laughs) Then it really struck me that I was actually about to drown and no one knew. Oh. I I experienced an acute sense of loneliness and isolation as another wave thrust me down. I thought of all the stupid risks risks I'd taken without consequence, only to find myself overwhelmed in a moment of relaxation. In my work, I'd interviewed lots of people who had been in near-death situations. Some had mentioned fear and panic, others a sense of resignation. I just felt overwhelmed, helpless, and undignified, like a sock in a washing machine. Rather than fear, I Uh, experienced- He's quite the poet himself. Right? Listen to this. (laughs) Rather than fear, I experienced sadness. It's all very well dying doing something you enjoy, but this had been the least enjoyable swim of my life. I I feel like he's being so negative. As I struggled, an intense pain bloomed at the top of my chest, spreading downwards and inwards. That's my lungs giving out, I thought, or my heart. Back on the surface, I tried to wave again, but I couldn't lift my arm and the pain became intolerable. I finally found myself able to breathe, but it only made the pain worse. The next wave offered some relief, (laughs) though driving me towards the shore. My feet found a purchase at last, and I stumbled forward, my right arm dangling at my side. My brother-in-law, realizing something was wrong, ran into the shallows to guide me to the beach. You've dislocated your shoulder, he said. Looking down, I could make out the strange peak at the top of my chest where my arm joint, torn clean out of its socket during the struggle, (laughs) was protruding beneath the skin, Garen. Wait, what? Okay. Yeah. Okay, I'm trying to picture this. Okay. So his arm's just like... Glonk. 
I sat on the beach, wrapped in a towel, shivering. Someone brought me coffee, but I was suffering from shock more than cold. Breathing became increasingly difficult. I'd escaped the sea, but now felt as if I was drowning on dry land. I managed to gulp down the gas and air in the ambulance, nearly a whole canister on the hour-long journey to the hospital, where most of the pain eased. Hour-long journey. Yeah. You know, their hospitals are spread out. Oh, I thought this was in California. No, England. Cornwall. Oh, I thought he was from England, but he was Mm. on a trip to... I thought... Okay, you said West Coast, and I was picturing. Okay. Most of the pain eased in an instant as my shoulder was popped back into place by a nervous-looking orthopedic doctor. (sighs) Months of physiotherapy helped the damaged muscle, but nothing could rebuild my carefree attitude to water. The thrill of being at one with nature replaced in an instant by the sense of being at the mercy of an irresistible force. Even small waves filled me with apprehension now. There's a sea pool in Bud, a Lido offering sanctuary from the tides. I swim only in there and stick to breaststroke. Oof. That is scary as all get out. Well, uh, all that talk of water has made me have to pee real, (laughs) real bad. But that was a great um, lesson for us all. Let's not drown out there this summer. Let's not. Let's not drown. Top 10 goals. All right. We'll be right back with our guest. Yay. Welcome back to How to Survive with Danielle and Christine. Danielle. Christine. I don't even know what to ask you about your break. (laughs) Did you want to know if I did indeed pee the size of the Atlantic Ocean? Because that's what happened. I figured when you have a water-themed episode and you have Danielle combined. There's no getting out of that. You might as well have just like put my hand in warm water or cold water. It's a tsunami. It's a tsunami of urine. Which is another. We've talked about tsunamis. Yeah, that could be a subtitle for our show. The Tsunami of Urine. Just saying. It's, it's just a I thought. don't know. Is that a t-shirt? I don't see why it isn't. You think that's a big, 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 big seller? Yeah. <laughs> Do people want urine? The word well, urine? you don't have to know it's urine. It's just a yellow wave. <laughs> you know, like the blue wave and the red wave. Yeah. This is the yellow wave. Um, <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Listen. Um, <laughs> I think we should in, uh, welcome our guest in. It seems like a good segue. Um, we have we are very excited to have a man who would have been on this show um, ages ago, except for I was under the false impression, for reasons I don't understand, that he lived in New York, <laughs> so I never called him until I ran into him at the Writers Guild Award. Maybe it's because he's so cool that you just think... It's, I think it's... And we'll get into it in a second, but um, you know him as a... He's a writer. He is an actor. He is a stand-up. Uh, he will be appearing on the show Platonic on Apple TV... Which sounds fun. Yes, sounds I'm, gonna, really I'm good. definitely going to watch it. I need a comedy. Seth Rogen and Rose Byrne. Love both of right? them. Yes, I love both of them too. And he was a producer and uh, one of the stars of a little movie called Bros <laughs> that you may have seen or saw not it. seen because you're homophobic as fuck. Or you just don't leave your house. No, I saw it and I loved it. Oh, you can um, stream it. You can stream it. Guy Branham. Hi, Guy. Hello. Welcome. Good to be here. Good to see you. I am shocked and slightly offended that you thought, I mean, twice for jobs I've had to go to New York, but yeah. I identify as deeply Californian <sighs> in a, I have a birthright to there being yes. grass and wasted water in my life. Same here. You know, Wait, where salads. Did you, where did you grow up? I grew up in rural Northern California. Nice. Oh, what, what, where is that? Like an, I mean, a, what is it called? A, uh, it's Does called, it have a name? It, it's, or is called, it just... it's called Yuba City. It's like an hour north of I've Sacramento, of our okay. state's capital. So I'm not... It's weird having now been, you know, in Southern California for 
20 years almost, Mm -hmm. um, you know, like I love L.A. and I'm proud of L.A., but also still deeply identify as a Northern California. Okay. Oh, well, interesting. Isn't Do Yuba you go up there? The, oh, sorry. sorry. Isn't Yuba City the name of some movie with numbers in it? Uh, Train to Yuba City 40. No, Train to Yuma. <laughs> Yuma. Okay. But there was the, a woman did write a blacklist script called um, something something Yuba County. Oh, um, really? Like last year, and I got like upset that somebody else had written something <laughs> about my shitty town, but it wasn't really about my shitty town. Oh, okay. Did you you read it? Oh, uh, it, they made a movie out of it. Oh. A, a very bad movie that I've seen gay guys laughing at on planes. <laughs> like, like, Alice and Janney gets to be kooky. I think the reason why I thought you lived in New York was because of the Billy Eichner connection. Oh, yeah. And because I know it's a million years ago, but you did write for Billy on the Street, right? Yes. I, like, there was a way that queer people and women in... Did you ever have to do fashion police? Of course. But yes. I mean, it was just like these non-union jobs yes. that were jury duty for the people yes. who, like, and there would truly be periods of time when I had friends who were boys who had a job, like a union job on some like e-show or something uh-huh. like that. And I would be so pissed off that like he's mad to be writing these jokes and I love to write yeah. them and we have to yeah. go work this other stuff. But like right. fashion police was just a, a thing where if you were a lady or a gay, in the mail, you got something, and then you had to go to Melissa's house in yes. the Palisades and write yeah, and for a ser- while. And serve your time, <laughs> right. Yeah. And yeah. then they called at midnight and told that you have to write 10 more jokes. Yes, yeah. about um, yellow. Right, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's it, that's exactly it. Yeah. It, it, it yeah. was truly, it was like writing boot camp of the highest order. Yeah. Um, yeah. Like, I, this is just shit talking, but uh, like when I, when the Jesselnik Offensive started, a decade ago. Did I was, you write on that? No, oh, but okay. I was like, do you have any female writers? And they were like, they couldn't find anybody. They tried to <laughs> And I was just like, there are, you know, 10 angry bitches right. sitting yeah. around right. Joan's table every <laughs> week yeah. Yeah. who yeah. have to write 10 mean jokes about yes. yellow. Yeah. Right. And like, but you can't see that? You can't find it. But when you were here, yes. not only to praise Caesar, but to um, tell us your story. Okay. So where are we starting with this? We are starting in the Central Valley of California in the late 1980s. Um, Okay. And I was a a seventh grader, and I was getting ready to be done with school, and my mom just sort of told me, like, well, this summer you're going to work with your dad. And then – from then until uh, my last year of college, every summer I had to go to some different point somewhere in the Central Valley, mm-hmm. okay. frequently two hours away from where we lived and work construction. My dad was a construction worker okay. mm-hmm. and I had to work construction every summer. And it was this weird kind of um, like masculinity crucible I wouldn't say (laughs) boot camp because I never learned anything and Uh, I never sort of picked it up but just like every year I would be transported and placed among all of these like I an extremely cerebral gigantic gay child amongst all of these like working class men, many of them with a strong relationship to crystal methamphetamine. Oh. Whoa. More so, I mean, not, like, but in, like, a functional way. These sure. guys really? Were, these they guys came to work? They, yeah. were, they were nice functional alcoholics. They were nice functional, okay. like, and, the, like, 
Crystal meth was more for like painters, like the other trades. So like we each each trade had their own drug of choice. Absolutely, how funny! A- absolutely, and you sort of like got this feeling for like you know um, the painters were potheads. Okay, and, uh, that, that checks. Yes, um, and the, the like the carpenters thought they were better. The carpenters, uh-huh. yeah. would, The carpenters would show up in button up shirts. Yeah, and really, yeah, just sort of like a, a like a light blousey button up shirt. <laughs> um, and <clears throat> my, <clears throat> sorry, my dad uh, was a, a general contractor, but he was a, a cement mason by training. Okay. So most of what I ended up doing was like this very low level cement masony work. <laughs> okay. Like he would never really let me learn how to like properly finish concrete because it was like, I mean, to some extent it was like, these are adult men with families. They yeah. have a trade. Uh-huh. Your job is to operate a shovel. And right, I right, was like right. a learning child. And if my dad had in any way been like, let me explain this to you, I would have maybe taken to it. But my dad didn't understand how to make anything pleasant. Oh. Um, <laughs> so wait, can I back up for a second? Yeah. Was the purpose of this to un-gay and unintellectualize you in some regard? Absolutely. Okay. So it was like, he spends, like, my mom is a Jew, and even though she did not have, like, a fancy job or anything, she also was working class, but she still just sort of was like, you're allowed to read a book, you're allowed to have an opinion about the Cohen brothers, like, <laughs> you know. And the color yellow. Yes. <laughs> like, no, I, I, I truly remember the woman watching Barton Fink and just being like, she didn't know where to put it, but she was trying, uh-huh. you know? Uh-huh. Um, and, you know, it was, and definitely an attempt to ungame me because at, you know, around 12, 13 is when it stops being kind of cute and weird. Okay, yeah. But he had also tried to ungame me very hard through, um, uh, Little League, which oh. went very poorly. Oh, yeah. oh, I see. He was okay. my coach. He was my Little League coach. Oh, gosh. Yeah. And was it discussed that you were gay, or was it just kind of like, we know something is like, going on? It was never discussed. Well, and it, it's also the really interesting thing of like, um, third graders are real good at the job. Yes. Mm-hmm. They'll they, cut to, down to it. They identified it very quickly, and my parents started achieving this panic, mm. and they couldn't, you know, um, it, it was the 80s. They had a very hard, bad opinions about mm. gay people. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. My mom worked at a flower shop for the faggots. Mm-hmm. And, you know, mm-hmm. and we just knew that they were... Oh, you mean she said that word? Yes. I mean, it was just... that oh. was what It was the only thing we called them. We called them Bob and Don or the faggots. Oh, wow. Okay, got it, got yeah. it, got it. And so, I, like, I didn't even understand... Like, this was around the point in time when I was starting to be attracted to men, mm-hmm. but I couldn't put it in my head that that might mean I was gay. Gotcha. Yeah. Um, and so I would go to these weird spaces with these people that I had nothing in common with, and sort of not much would be done to bridge my relationship with them. Yeah. A lot of the time, my dad worked with my uncle, who was only 10 years older than me, and okay. he was around, and he was a little bit cooler about it, mm-hmm. and, you know, would engage in, like, Small talk while we were working. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. But other than that, it was just some, being shoved at some sort of horror. Oh. Yeah. Every, well, I mean, first of all, it's just, it's the Central Valley. It's the summertime. I'm creepily enormous. And it's so hot. Like, it's just yeah. so you hot You say every Central day. Valley, I think, blazing hot. Yes. And you have to wake up in the morning. 
Um, you know, usually at 4.30 so that you oh, can drive during for... During the summer. During the summer. God. So you can drive an hour and a half. Like, the, there was this one summer when I was in college because, like, in, like, 7th and 8th grade, it would be, like, sweep up this or that. But, like, by the time I was in college, I was expected to, like, do real work. Yeah. And we would wake up at 4. We would drive two hours down to Vallejo to an Air Force base. You would work from 6.30 until 3.30, uh-huh. and then we would drive two hours home, and then I would eat food. I would shower, eat, and then watch two episodes of Welcome Back, Cotter on Nick at Night. Perfect. And then fall asleep. Yeah, okay. And it was like there was it, – it was sort of like this shocking – part of what my parents were trying to do was give me a trade. Yes. Mm-hmm. Which was like they didn't – understand they, they did not have like the capability to have confidence that me being good at school would result in like yeah. a, a profession a different pursuit. well they were also yeah. working class so that my family's working class too and that they didn't see ec- education as a way to move forward like my mom my mom hoped that that would mm-hmm. be true but there was also this sense of like fear and like how much will class hold us back or whatever and mm. so the idea that this was a, a thing I would always have yeah yeah um, right like um, during this period of time for Christmas every other year I would get a pair of work boots oh so, so oh that boy. I had work boots but they were steel toed right yes exactly okay. because it's like you know we're giving you the gift yeah. of not losing your toes yeah yeah <laughs> um, and was it also Merry partly Christmas? that both your parents worked and they needed somewhere for you to go I mean, it, like, my mom worked in cafeterias, so mm-hmm. she was off during the summertime. Oh, so you could have just wanted alone time. You could have yes. stayed home. I mean, truly, yes. Well, I mean, the thing is, is before that, when I was little, what we had to do during the summertime was we were in an almond orchard, and we actually had to, like, get the almond, like, take, almonds don't require that much care, yeah. but the latter half of the summer, we would have to knock the almonds, um, and... Reap, that's how you say it? I mean, it's like that's so interesting. I don't knock know. the almonds. Like they all were people from Arkansas, and they all said almonds yeah. for almonds for almonds. Okay. And in that context, I never heard someone say knock the almonds. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> okay, knock the almonds. But like, what okay. you you would like lay out a big tarp. And then all of the moms and the younger teenage boys had long sticks that they like pushed the branches around with and the dad stood in the middle with mallets and hit it and they just fell down on the children who were required to pick them up. This sounds like a like a background for a good murder. I mean it was it sorry, I touched it's okay. the mic. It was truly ridiculous and like finally there came a point where I would get a cool present every year at the beginning of uh, almond season. But uh, was it made of almonds? <laughs> was it no, almond butter? No. It was like, all right, when I was like a small child, it was like, we're gonna be doing this, guy will be able to help some of the time, but like here is a weeble wobble mountain. Oh um, weeble wobble. Yes. And like I they would would wobble, like wobble, but they don't fall I down. I loved yes. that. Yes. And so I one year I got that, and my mom would put out a blanket and put my toy, and I would play with it, and then I would try to help with the almonds. But you know, by the time I was twelve, I had to be learning a trade. Yeah, no and more fun <laughs> for you. So okay, so you're on the site. Yes. And um, at, at, did you balk against this? Did you ever tell them like I don't want to do this, or was it like every day you were like I don't want to do this, or how, what was the attitude? No, I mean I just like would be annoyed getting out of bed and I would be whiny, but I understood that I had to do like this obligation. I was, you know, there was, there was, 
no use fighting against it. Like when I was little and I would have to go to work with my dad on like a three-day weekend. Mem- like when I was like seven, Memorial Day, my mom would be like, oh, something exciting. <laughs> You're going to go to work with your dad. And I was like, no, I don't want to do that. Yeah. Like very similar to um, in the fall when I was little, I, there was one day, oh, something really exciting for your birthday. <laughs> and I was like, what's this? And I, like I was a child and I thought it would be good. And then it was like, I was gonna get to go pheasant hunting with my dad. <laughs> oh and no! It was like, Sounds like right up your alley. You, know, you have the work boots, so yes. You can, yeah. Well, and also all of these things involve waking up at four thirty in the morning, <laughs> oh. which no one wants to do. So I, I wouldn't really rebel in that way. I would just be whiny and slow, uh-huh. which infuriated my father. And I never took the time to really uh, appreciate that. Um, and I don't know how like. This isn't like a coalesced story. I'm not good at telling a story. I will tell you the two like ho- horrible things that happened were there was like one one week period of time when there was this. Do you guys know what rebar is? Yeah. Yes. There was a cube of rebar down in like under the ground in like a big okay. hole. And I had to climb through the cube of rebar. Okay, wait. How um, old are you at this point? I am 17 or 18. Okay. And I'm having to tie um, wire uh-huh. on the rebar. But the thing is, is that what that means is that at all points in time, there are pokey pieces of wire oh. within four inches of your eyes. <laughs> oh, God. And you're having to climb through it. And it is one of those things that just like, it still makes me uncomfortable. Uh-huh. It still haunts me. Um, and then the other one is um, I was like pushing a earth compactor that weighed um, about uh, like seven or 800 pounds. Wait, oh so you're in God. a vehicle pushing this thing? No, I'm, or you're physically I'm pushing? I'm physically okay. pushing. Okay. So it's basically like, um, it's like a push cart okay. that like makes the, the earth be more compact. Okay. And um, my dad had yelled at me about not trying to turn too fast or it would fall over. Oh, no. Um, and it fell over oh. uh, onto my foot. <gasps> and I didn't even sort of like acknowledge that my foot was in pain because I was just trying to physically push it up and write it um, because I knew that my dad would be mad. Oh. Um, so, you know, it's like lots of that, but more just like sweaty, dusty, oh. yeah. like you know, misery of just like, beyond anything else, nothing about this is charming or engaging. (laughs) (laughs) Nothing about this is like making your life a little bit better during the summertime. And, uh, oh. Did they pay you? Yes. Okay. I mean, mean, and the thing is, is uh, construction workers are paid very well. Like that job was for, um, it was at an Air Force base. And if you're working a government uh, contract, they have to pay you union wage, mm-hmm. which oh, meant nice. that I was pay- making like one time I showed a resume of mine to a professor to like get a letter of recommendation. It was like I'm thrilled to know that journeyman laborers make more than I do. <laughs> I was gonna say you probably made more at that job than did on fashion place. Yes, no, truly, <laughs> really. Uh, I gave all of the money to my parents. Oh um, wow! Be- because they were just like. Uh, I didn't realize, again, like, my father dying has changed so many things. But, like, my mom sort of admitted to me that they were doing poorly at that point in time. And that sort of, like, helped out. But it was just... You didn't realize. Yeah. I mean, they just... I loved them and I appreciated Mm -hmm. them. Mm -hmm. And that was what my mom told me to do and anything I could do to help. And it was only years later that I was like, 
Jesus Christ, if I had made, yeah. you know, eight, ten grand over the course of a summer, like, that oh could have God. really changed my yes. life. <laughs> yeah. That's crazy. Yeah. Or at least some of it. Yeah. Oh, my God. So when did you finally, because you said you were doing it in college, so when yes. did you finally tell them, I'm done with this? I mean... I, I really didn't. I just got into law school. Oh, like, that's right. I forgot. You used to be a lawyer. Yes. Oh, I completely forgot uh, about that. So, I mean, I never really said, I don't want to do this. I just sort of, I rejected it mm-hmm. by, I, I'm i somebody who loves learning about things. And I yeah. truly learned nothing about <laughs> any of these things that my father could have taught they, they me about. They could have yeah. taught you a trade. I don't understand. Yeah. If they wanted you to learn a trade, why were, Why wasn't he really teaching it to you? Because the thing is, is like he, he lacked the empathy to ever like understand how I learned and was oh. trying mm-hmm. to teach me the way that like he learned or the people around him learned, which is was like through rote process. And yeah. I don't need that. I need book learning. Uh-huh. You know? yeah, 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 yeah. And so there is something... I feel really bad about the fact that, like, I don't know these things and uh-huh. I was exposed to them so much and I truly wasted my time. Right. Like, yeah. If I had properly applied myself, I could have learned so much about construction and the Spanish language. Yes. On, right. On, right. Right. On those sites. And I just sort of absented myself. Yeah. Um, and focused on, I mean, this is a podcast about surviving. Yeah. Like, yeah. He, here are the things I did to survive. Um First of all, and this is going to shock and offend you guys. <laughs> oh, I can't wait. Um, the only entertainment that was allowed or accessible or permissible in these spaces okay. was three hours of Rush Limbaugh between <gasps> 9 a.m. Oh and uh, 12 p.m. I was really hoping you were going to say Howard Stern. <laughs> I thought you I were like... just going to say Tejano music or something. <laughs> Not even music? Not even music. Why? Like, I always pe- hear music on construction sites. Periodically, there was, I mean, but the thing is, is my dad was in charge and he ran He just was ship. like, I decide and it's Rush yes. Limbaugh. So it oh. was Rush Limbaugh loud enough that everyone could hear it? Not all the time. Okay. The thing is, is like, th- these truly were scraps that were like glorious treasures of if you had to go in a truck to go get something. Oh, or, okay. Or if there was one guy who had like a little transistor radio yes. that was by him. And you would just sort of get that little bit of it, and it would just be, oh, oh ho, ho, God. Rush is so funny. Oh, uh, my God. One time, when I was 14, um, we were working on a strip mall in Sacramento, uh, the Olive Tree Strip Mall, is still there. And I looked across the street, and a muscly hot guy came out of an apartment uh-huh. and then walked to his car. And I spent the rest of the summer looking for him. Oh. I spent the rest of the summer, any time there was a possibility to look in that direction, I looked in that direction. Yeah. And I just got, the thing is, is like it elevated every moment on every construction yeah. site after them because it was like, I might see a hot person. Oh, and yeah. did you? No. Just that, well, oh, yeah. thanks, he God. was the only Actually, hot person there. Actually, yeah. that's not true. Later that summer, there was another guy. One of the subcontractor's sons came to work, and he had nice biceps. And I was just like, well, I get to enjoy that as well. Sometimes he will carry wood perpendicular (laughs) to his upper arms, and they'll really pop. Flexing his, yeah, Yeah. nice. Lunch was very exciting. Mm -hmm. Like, lunch was, so most of the time my mom sent our lunch with us, Uh and she would make very good, extremely sweet iced tea, um, which is very satisfying. But then also sometimes... You would like go to a little place, and the ha- the half hour that we had for lunch was also when um, 
divorce court played in Sacramento. Nice. And so frequently there would be a television and you would get like half of a divorce court. Oh, that's good. That's yeah. good. So, cause, so still no conversation with any of these people? No. Not big talkers. <laughs> not even uh, your dad? No. I'm, certainly not my father. Oh, okay. <laughs> right. I mean, I would be wasting his time. Oh. And like the other people, there were like younger guys who were journeymen and like they would be telling stories about like the audio system on their car mm-hmm. uh-huh. or you know um l- like eating women out like that kind oh, of thing oh fun even even <laughs> if you weren't gay kind of weird to be talking about in front of a teenager yes and so if these guys were just like in their 20s and also if they were smart or self-disciplined in any way, they would have a job that wasn't that terrible. Right, yeah. That's, I mean, it, it is a very lucrative job that helped so many people in my family and in that world. Um, but it's it's a, it's a lot of work. It's, it's a, a lot. It's, it's a, manual labor. It's, it's hard. It's manual labor. It's hard. And so I just, like, didn't have a lot in common with them. The yeah. things that interested me, you know, dragons. <laughs> um, <laughs> and it's like, it's honestly a little bit crazy to think about now because in our current media landscape, those guys would want to talk about superheroes yes. or dragons yes. or whatever. But like back then, it yeah. was just like, a nerd revolution. Yeah. For sure. They yeah. would have been like Ford versus Chevy. Right. Let's talk. Absolutely. Yeah. Like how awesome is Billy Idol was something yeah. that came up a lot. I was doing construction, yeah. and then I was three years of law school, and only then after that was I able to sort of be like, this is not the thing that I will do. Yeah. And, and the thing is, is when I started stand-up in San Francisco, I still thought I was going to have to be a lawyer forever. Right. Like, mm-hmm. it didn't seem concrete to me that this could be right. a job. And there have definitely been times, like, after my messy leaving of Chelsea Lately, mm-hmm. um, they were, like... She was a little bit like, you know, don't work with this guy. Like, mm-hmm. C- mm. CAA, her agency as well, dropped me mm-hmm. after that. And Wait, oh, uh, she was telling people don't work with you? Yes. Oh, mm, that's rich. Okay. Yes. Um, and so there was a, a oh, year. Oh, that's scary. There was a year when I really didn't work much. Like, yeah. I had one fucking month of colleges that I had booked beforehand oh, uh-huh. that took care of me and I had some right. savings from Chelsea lately. The point is, is that this was the point in time when I was like, all right, do I have to re-up my bar membership now? Right. Yeah. Like, yeah. Do, right. do I have to... Also, like, the way that you get jobs on a construction site is you go to the construction site. Like, oh, the, really? You just mm-hmm. show up? You show up and you say, I remember the one time the one time a woman came to my dad and said that she was a Mason and uh-huh. that she wanted to work. And my dad was very dignified and professional with her. And then the moment she was gone, he was just like, isn't that ridiculous? Oh, wow. Yeah. I spent so much time being so mad at my parents for raising me to live a very different life from my own. Uh-huh. But then, like... 10, 15 years into this business, I was like, oh my God, they taught me to work hard. Right. They taught me to work hard and to like, and also to be able to like love and enjoy the work that I have because it doesn't involve wires being very close to my eyes. (laughs) Yeah. Or like, you know, there's there's no heavy lifting. I do not have to be hot all the time. Right. Right. But still, and it's like, there are ways that it's bad to like, always be working but also 
it's been helpful. Yeah. It yeah. does put no, things it, in perspective. It put a good work ethic into you. Yeah. 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 I just sure. have to say this because you mentioned Jennifer Aniston. And yeah, I've, I almost forgot about this. Yesterday I was I was on like People Magazine online, which I'm not usually. But there was a video of Jennifer Aniston showing up to an Ulta. Ulta? Is that what it's called? Yeah. Yeah. Place? yeah. Because she has some product, some product line now. Yeah. And she's going to sneak in. Mm-hmm. So she's going undercover. Yeah. So she puts on the most Jennifer Aniston clothes you could ever <laughs> imagine. Is it all gray cashmere? Did you see it? No, I'm just guessing. It's like a gray like car coat sweater yeah. that you know, like a like a cardigan that mm-hmm. goes like below your like a very thick yeah. one of those. Okay. Then Jennifer Aniston sunglasses, mm-hmm. like just huge, and then a floppy fucking hat. <laughs> Like you, you couldn't put on a baseball hat. Yeah, she puts on a like this crazy like felt yeah. floppy. No hat. No one's gonna but, look at you, right? <laughs> I mean, and then she goes into the store, and then I see that the hat is like chewed off. Like part of it's like ripped or chewed off. So I was like, okay, maybe she's. I don't know. Maybe she got stoned and tried to eat her hat. I don't know. <laughs> but this is just what I imagine Jennifer Aniston's life is like. So anyway, so then she gets the thing and she's like, this is so exciting, and she buys her product and she gets back in the car and she shows that she's like oh my god I'm so excited I'm like why are you doing this like you're a comedian you're I mean I know she hates being called a comedic actress for whatever reason but like you're such a you're so talented why are you fucking you don't need to do this you have more money than god like this is so dumb I don't know I just think it's does the world really need another sorry that's my alarm telling me to get my groceries from the refrigerator (laughs) um just the, do we need another line of beauty products? Okay, I okay. think I think the magnificent thing that we have to take away from the Gwyneth Paltrow trial yes. is that she has, we are no longer demanding relatability from Gwyneth Paltrow. For yes. yeah. 20 years, right. we hated her because right. she wasn't relatable. Right. And then she turned 50 and we're like, she's a fun witch. Yeah. You know? <laughs> yes. And, she's a fun witch. But like, I still dislike her. I'm just. <laughs> We, we've already talked about it on this show. We, we, yeah. But like, I, it makes me so sad. Okay, first of all, I believe that the greatest story our culture has ever produced is the 20 years of magazines about how Jennifer Anderson will never be happy. <laughs> yes. yes. I love yes. it. Yes. Nothing makes me happier. Um, because you don't want her to be happy or because it's such a roller coaster of a story? It's a roller coaster or, of a story. And, and it's just so made you're, up. You're, and, you're manufacturing this thing about yeah. this person who truly just like. I'm she, fine not having kids. She I'm lo- fine. She loves weed and her dog. Uh, yeah. Yeah. And fucking and yes, it's it. all taken and, care and of. And car coats. Yes. Yeah. She's fine. <laughs> she loves great cashmere. She's doing fine. Yeah. Um, but also it is so sad that we take these people. Well, I have several times during college I worked at a movie theater and I was so good at upselling concessions uh-huh. that I have frequently been like, maybe that is the thing that I was born for. <laughs> and that we live in an economy that demands that people for the sake of respectability not do the thing that they are best at and love. Yeah. Uh-huh. And there are so many celebrities who have tried who have like killed the golden goose to try to be something else. And it's like that woman she's so fucking good at light comedy like yeah I, yeah, yeah people around my age were supposed to look down on friends when it was right. coming out yeah. and then i worked on a multicam with guys who talked about it with reverence and i went back and watched it mm. and the show is so xenophobic it is so homophobic it is so <laughs> terrible in so many ways god damn it's good god. i it it really holds up 
in yes. terms of comedy and characters and writing. It's, it's all character comedy. It's all character yeah. comedy, yes. No pop culture jokes. It's all character comedy. Yeah. yeah. It's it's so good and she's the she's best a master. thing on it. I know. She's like really, really, yeah. really yeah. good on it. But you guys just got a beauty line. And this <laughs> is so exciting. I'm gonna go in. They don't know it's me. Everyone fucking knows it's you. You're Jennifer Aniston. Like that, you're blonde. That was a solid impression. Thanks. I just did it for the first time. I think I'm gonna work on it. But like your your beautiful mane is, you know, like hanging out of your floppy hat. You gotta go watch. Just tell me what what's going on with the hat. Why does she have a hat that I'm is half definitely gonna away? watch it? It's I mean, really weird. I have to assume it's one of the dogs. I does she have a lot of dogs? Is that part of her? I only know because I, you know, when I stopped getting magazines, I stopped being told the story. But yeah. her dead dog Norman meant a lot to her, and so I'm assuming they're her kids. that she has dogs now. Yeah. She's, She's a dog a fur, mom. They're fur babies. Yeah. She's a dog mom. You guys. Um, did you have something that, else to say? No. No. That was it. Guy, this has been so great. This I'm is very so fun. glad we finally got you on now yeah. that I know you're an Angelino once and for all. And it sounds like he has a lot more stories. Yes, so I think we're going to have like to have you back. It seems like a multi episode um, guest. Do, do story you here. drink? Oh, yes. Okay, because we have uh, bonus episodes sometimes where we invite someone on. We, we have How to little, Survive After Dark. We have a little drinky oh, poo. That would be lovely. So, we have nighttime okay. parties. Yeah. <laughs> We start at 6.30. We're really crazy. <laughs> yeah, when we say nighttime, yeah. we mean 6.30. Yes. We're both moms no, and we drink I'm, I'm in the valley. I've been... Oh, you live in the valley? No, no, no. Oh. I'm saying I'm currently in the valley. I respect oh. your culture and your ways. Oh, thank you. Oh, yes, yes. Got you it, know got I it. am a valley girl. You can take the girl out of the valley, but you can't take the valley out of the girl. You taught me what Lancashire was. I did? Yes. You like you were you were telling a, a joke about how people had assumed fanciness because of your dad. Uh-huh. And you were just like, we lived off Lancashire. <laughs> 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 That's true. They, my dad still lives there. Uh, I'm not gonna say where. Uh, I was about to give the cross streets like a fucking genius. Um, anyway, thank you so much. This was great. Thank this you so much wonderful. for having me. So really funny. Fun. And we will be right back with what did we learn today? Chris, Danielle, are you ready to learn what we learned today? Get to it. Taskmaster Juniors is hosted by former Taskmaster contestants Rose Matafeo. And Mike Wozniak. They're very funny. I'm very excited about it. Um, I was wrong. Taciturn is is defined as reserved or uncommunicative in speech, saying little. Which is not what those waves were doing. No, they were saying a lot. Mm -hmm. They were yelling. Ten Feet Tall and Bulletproof is a song by former Bud Light drinker and extremely masculine dresser Travis Tritt. Wait, is that true? Is that yeah. a real song? Yes. Whoa. I, Whoa. He's also a far right nut job, I believe. Yeah, yeah that's, Isn't why he? She, that's why he just yes. said, oh my God. Former Bud Light drinker. That's yeah. insane. So that's an expression. Okay. Well, we said it would make a good country song, and I guess it did. The perfect recipe for an intoxicated drowning is a white person near any body of water. <laughs> <laughs> nice, Garen. Floaties will keep your child's arm safe, but not their head. Mm-mm. Your kids can still drown in them. Virginia is a magical land of hillbillies and unicorns. <laughs> That's what they're. That should be on their is. state um, license, license plate. plate. Exactly. Yes. When it comes to water, remember the wise words of Tupac Shakur: "Keep your head up." That yeah. sounds good. That's what he was talking about. Mm-hmm. For a life jacket to flip a person over, more buoyant material is positioned near the front of the life jacket so that the jacket rolls users over onto their backs. Okay. Yeah, that, that probably makes more sense than how do they know which is your fun side, <laughs> idiot. Okay, don't do stupid shit when you're near the water. Swift water can kill you no matter what kind of safety gear you have. 
Yeah, dummy. Yeah. Cotton vast cotton fast water, go vampire. Mm-hmm. Reach or throw, don't go. Don't get in the water to save someone. Breaking news in Ubach County stars Allison Jan Janney, Wanda Sykes, Regina Hall, and Aquafina. All good people. Yeah. It's about a woman who takes advantage of her growing celebrity status when the police and the public think her dead husband is just missing. Okay. Yeah. This this goes to my rule, mm-hmm. which is if it stars well-known people and you've never heard of it, it's terrible. Yeah. That rule applies 100% of the time. And if it's a big cast, like a really big cast. Yeah. Oh, big cast yeah. is also. Red flag. Red yeah, flag. that's a good point. That's a good do, point. Do you remember that movie with Nev Campbell and Bette Midler? No. no. Danny DeVito, I think. No. Was yes, years we ago. saw it. We watched it. It was terrible. That movie gives me. Yep. The same kind of vibes. Yes. Okay. So let me explain that that is, I said my little speech about that very movie to Oliver and Jimmy because I said, this is a movie with very famous people and we've never heard of it. It's going to be terrible. I think in his, Jimmy has rewritten that it actually wasn't terrible, but it was terrible. But he might have liked it. He might have different. No, but he also does this thing where he remembers wrong, even his Uh. own opinions. Right, Garen? (laughs) Sometimes. So he'll be like, He'll say, have some opinion about a movie and then say, I'm not even sure I saw it. So I don't know. But um, yeah, I don't know what that movie is, but that was one of the examples. What was it called? I don't know. It was terrible. I'm trying to find it. Everybody check out our episode on Patreon. Yes. I think it's up now because this is later in in the future. So when this comes out. Oh, you're saying our bonus episode. Our bonus episode is okay. all, I thought already. you meant this episode. We're, and I was like, well. This is a weird, we're in a weird time <laughs> we're continuum. Because yeah. by the time you hear these words, listener, our bonus episode is probably out. Yes, but maybe the next bonus episode is coming. And I think I gave some stuff away. Oh, right. On so it. congratulations, people. Yeah. Congratulations, winners that uh, <laughs> I announced on that Patreon episode. And you got a thing. And Isn't it great? Don't you love it? Do you have it yet? Did I send it in the mail? Because I'm the one probably addressing Did those Did she leave envelopes. for Europe before sending it? I hope I, I, hope I remember <laughs> to send it before I left for my trip. Um, and I hope you like it. And everybody, check out our Patreon. Sign up for our newsletter. Yeah. Email us. You guys know all of this and where to find it by now. We've said it so many times. Yes. But if you forgot, Pod How to Survive is our website. Go to our Instagram. Go to our Twitter. Pod How to Survive. So easy to find us. We still love reviews. And yes. we still love your letters. So, yes. guys. Send it. Do us a solid. It doesn't cost any money to leave us a review either or to get our newsletter right. where we give you fun facts most weeks when I have time to do it. Yeah. Garen, did you find out the name of the movie? Drowning Mona. Yeah, that's it. Drown. Oh. You mean Drowning Mona. That's yes. Guys, <laughs> earlier I said Drowning because... I'm a Midwest hillbilly. And then we had to re-record <laughs> the intro. So sorry, I just had it out of you. <laughs> so I'm sorry. And next time I will say washcloth. Oh. And sometimes I say things. What, what's another that word? That one kills me. I'll, I, Water. Oh, guess what I do sometimes that Sven catches me saying? What? Across. Oh. Across the street. See, across I find charming. Washcloth, I want to punch you in the face. Well, I don't usually do it anymore. No. So. I love you guys. Yeah. And, and until next oh, time. Next one. <laughs> I guess I was going to say until next time. Remain, remain calm. calm. <laughs>